We turn now to our Sunday school section. And this morning I'd like to bring before you the topic of Christian meditation. Christian meditation. So I'll do an introduction to it, give uh, the definition and describe a bit about its nature. But then meditation or what I'm calling Christian meditation is a thing that few of us know about. You see, the year is coming to an end. And as we get into this new year, if the Lord wills, like for us to get into it with the, the matter of meditation in our minds and in our hearts. We read the Bible and pass through the word meditate or meditation without asking ourselves what it is or why it is there or of what profit is this thing called meditation. So for example, we read Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. And on it, what does he do? He meditates day and night. We read that and we, we pass by it. I'm willing to bet that most, if not all of us, are seeing the end of this year without even spending one moment, just one, in this deep activity that we call meditation. Now, I, I'm not with you always. I, I don't know you're going out and you're coming in. Only God and you know whether you've spent even a minute, even once, meditating. The words meditate or meditation appear more than 20 times in the Bible, which means... That this is an important matter. This is no small thing. Just like re the reading of the scriptures, just like the prayers, the fellowship, the ordinances, this matter of meditation is like a means of grace which aids our growth and sanctification as we journey on to the celestial city. So, this matter of meditation is, is a thing that God has given us that uh, is to help us to grow in our Christian faith and to aid our sanctification. Now, the world knows something of meditation and it is, it is just that their meditation is mindless and therefore useless. I intend to teach about meditation in the course of this month. So in the next four Sundays, we will be considering this matter of meditation. Today, I will introduce the matter and answer the question, what is meditation and deal with its nature? And then, Lord willing, in the following three weeks, I intend to state why meditation is important. Then I'm going to give the dangers of not meditating. And then I will tell you how to meditate. 
So today we'll consider definitions and, and, and the nature of it. Next week, Lord willing, we will consider why meditating is important. The week after, we will consider what are the dangers of not meditating. And then the last week of this, of this year, the last Sunday of this year, we will consider how do we meditate. I'm hoping that by the end of this class, we will all know what Christian meditation is. At least that's, that's my hope. <clears throat> so, what is Christian meditation? Let's, let's answer this question. Thomas Watson, a Puritan pastor, says here, quote, Meditation is the soul's secluding itself, that by a serious and solemn thinking upon God, the heart may be raised up to heavenly affections. End quote. Uh, an Anglican pastor, Isaac Ambrose, says here, Isaac Ambrose uh, was an Anglican minister who later on became a Presbyterian. He says, Meditation is a deep and honest musing upon some point of Christian instruction to strengthen us against the flesh, the world, and the devil, and to lead us forward toward the kingdom of heaven. Or, meditation is a steadfast bending of the mind to some spiritual matter, discussing of it with ourselves, until we bring the same to some profitable issue. In simple terms, meditation is that deep thinking upon heavenly or spiritual matters that we may be strengthened in our faith upon God and that God may be glorified in the way we live thereafter. So when we talk about meditation, we are saying this is, this is the thinking deeply upon spiritual matters. We are thinking deeply upon spiritual matters that our faith may be strengthened. Spending time uh, uh, meditating, as it were. Uh, 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 impressing upon our minds the spiritual things that our faith may be strengthened. That God may be glorified in the way we live after we meditate. Consider these few passages for this matter. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. Turn with me there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. The Bible says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You see there that there are particular things that we are to think about, that we are to impress or... or uh, uh, commit our minds to thinking about and these things are those that are true honorable just pure lovely commendable those things that are excellent when we think about them verse 9 says whatever you have learned and received and had in and seen in me practice these things when we meditate upon them when we think upon them when we uh, set our minds to them then we we do them we practice them so that the end of meditation is that we may live a life that is worthy. 
of God's calling. Colossians, next book, chapter 3. Famous passage. If then you have been raised with Christ, verse 1, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is, is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Remember that passage that Pastor Dominic brought to us? And what you have there in verse 2 is an aspect of meditation. Set your mind on things that are above. Meditate upon them, in other words. Think deeply upon spiritual matters, heavenly things, things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of, of his Father. Another f- famous common passage that I've just read to you. Psalm chapter 1. And I'd like to camp, camp here in the book of Psalms. Let's begin with Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Next week, as we consider why this matter is important, we will come to all these passages and see how the scriptures, the scriptures are full of the commendation or the command to meditate. So you see there that this, this man who is blessed is the one who delights in the law of God. He delights in the law of God and his delight in the law of God is seen in the fact that he meditates on it. He thinks upon it. He spends time pondering the things of God. Loving them. Chewing upon them. As the Puritans would, would say. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And here you have a couple of uh, uh, scriptures that are full of this matter of meditation in the way of your testimonies i delight verse 14 as much as in all riches verse 15 i will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways i will delight in your statutes i will not forget your word delighting in the statutes of god uh, uh, not forgetting the statutes of god the word of god is followed closely after by the discipline of meditation the psalmist says here, I will meditate on your precepts. I will fix my eyes on your ways. Verse 23. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Verse 48. I will lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Verse 78, let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. And uh, one of the famous verses there, verse 97, 
Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Then lastly, 148. Verse 148. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. So, so this matter of meditation is not a small matter. It's absolutely important. It's a thing that we should do. It's a thing that we must do if you're going to walk properly in the faith. We see the psalmist giving us the example here. We see the Apostle Paul uh, 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 commending the matter of meditation, thinking deeply upon spiritual matters. So that we see their meditation as the deep thinking about the things of God. When the, when the psalmist says there that let the insolent be put to shame verse 78 because they have wronged me but as for me I will meditate on your precepts he's saying the evil people do their evil things they continue in their evil ways the, the Christian people have a duty also that they should continue in and this is meditation so that we we are to be found thinking deeply about spiritual matters heavenly matters that we may be strengthened in our faith upon God and that God may be glorified in the way we live after we meditate. How many times do you spend uh, uh, do you spend time thinking about spiritual matters? Thinking about the things of God. What God has done in creation and redemption in providence, in all his works, in all your life, in your, in your scriptures that you read. It's unfortunate that some of us are struggling with the reading of the scriptures, live alone meditating upon them. Like, like us to consider at least three things here. Number one, where do we go for meditation? As we consider the nature of, of meditation, where do we go for meditation? What do we meditate upon? And then number three, when do we meditate? Number one, wh where do we go for meditation? Number two, what do we meditate upon? And number three, when do we meditate? Where do we go for meditation? We go for meditation simply in quiet places or what the Puritans would call solitary places where there are no disturbances in isolation. The nature of meditation is that it is best done in isolation. When you can sit and ponder. When you can think. Now, this doesn't mean that you cannot meditate while you're traveling or using public means of transport or even in a noisy place. It just means that the best place is where, where it is quiet. And even where there is no 
quiet. It's a shutting of oneself off of everything else that is around them that they may think deeply upon or muse upon spiritual heavenly matters. The Bible says that our Lord went to be alone on the mountain in prayer. And it is assumed here that he spent time communing with his father, meditating upon the work that his father had sent him to accomplish. Listen to what the Bible says of Isaac in Genesis 24. And there. Genesis chapter 24. <laughs> There's a funny aspect to this passage that we're going to read. That Isaac seems to have seen his wife when he was meditating. Young men. Hmm? <laughs> Genesis 24, 61. Then Rebekah and her young women arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had returned from Bealahairoi and was dwelling in the Negev. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when, he saw, uh, when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of, of uh, Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So then in verse 63, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward the evening. So, <clears throat> our Lord goes for meditation on the mountain. Brother Isaac goes to meditate in the field. Daniel spent time with his Lord in his house. David spent time meditating, if you know your Bible, on his bed. John the Baptist spent time alone in the desert. Where do we go for meditation? We go for meditation in solitary places. We look for time, the course of the day. We lock ourselves in the confines of our houses or wherever we are. We spend time searching the word of God, communing with God in prayer and meditating upon his works. This is our paramount Christian practice. If you do not have time to spend with the Lord, you have no time to meditate. That's just a, what do they call it? It's an after effect. If you don't spend time with your Lord, how will you meditate upon him? Upon his things, his works? Where do we go for meditation? Where, where, where do we do it? It's all dependent upon you. As long as there's nothing to distract you, you meditate. The place of meditation 
is not only the physical place but also the place of the mind and the place of the heart it's why your mind is art because you can lock yourself in your room and ponder upon worldly things think upon the bread that you will eat next so so the place of meditation where we do it is not only a physical place it's also where our heart is where our mind is where our treasure is so to speak and so we do this really not as a as a formality we do this out of our love for the lord just like the reading of the scriptures just like the prayers just like the fellowship while it is our duty to do them the mature christian does them out of love for god the mature christian does them because they can't imagine not being in the presence of their lord we are to seclude ourselves physically but we are also to shut the world out we are also to shut the devil out together with his deceptions we are also to shut our flesh out with its rebellious nature our secular cares are to be shut out so when we when we isolate ourselves for the purposes of meditation we are isolating ourselves from the world the flesh and the devil that's what isaac ambrose has just told us thomas watson says here quote as when abraham went to sacrifice he left his servant and the ass at the top, uh, at the bottom of the hill genesis 22 verse 5 so when a christian is going up the hill of meditation he should leave all secular cares at the bottom of the hill that he may be alone and take a turn in heaven and quote the way abraham leaves the the donkey down the hill as he goes up the mount of uh, 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 worship is the same same way that the christian leaves his secular cares down the mountain as he goes up the mountain of meditation is there any question or comment there not I'm laboring to show there is that the nature of meditation is that it is done in isolation it is done in seclusion we isolate ourselves question comment number 2 what do we meditate upon what do we meditate upon as we have seen in the definition we meditate upon spiritual matters so this this matter of meditation is not a complicated thing it's not a thing that is i don't know how to call it that uh, it's not a thing that is done by super christians you know just like the reading of the scriptures when you hear that someone has read the scriptures from the beginning to the end you know to think that they are a super christian it's a basic christian discipline similar similarly meditation is the same it's a basic christian discipline where do we go for meditation we go for meditation in quiet places 
what do we meditate upon? We meditate upon spiritual matters. As opposed to earthly matters, we meditate upon spiritual matters. This is perfectly aided by the word of God. In a sense, we meditate upon God himself. So when we are asking, what do we meditate upon? The response is, not only that we meditate upon spiritual matters, it's, it's more that we are meditating upon God himself, his word, his works of creation, of redemption, his goodness upon us, his providences upon us, all the things that God is doing in our lives. This is what we meditate upon. It is here that Philippians 4, 8-9 comes in so beautifully. And Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, these are the things that we meditate upon. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, it says, if there is anything worthy of praise, think of these things. These are what we meditate upon. The things of God. And when we have learned them, when we, when we have seen them, when we have meditated upon them, we practice them. We practice those things. See, we talk much about that which we much meditate upon and the things that are constant in our minds are the things that are in our mouths. So that those things that are deep in our hearts, deep in our minds, are those things that we talk about. And this is what I mean. Consider the things that you so much like, that you are more drawn to. Consider your own character and the man of your life. Much of what your conversation is filled with. Consider these things and you will know that which you meditate upon. What fills your mouth? If you can be able to answer the question, what fills your mouth? What fills your conversations? What fills your talk? You can be able to answer the question, what do I meditate upon? That's what I'm saying. So the, the things that we so much talk about, that we so much enjoy, that we so, so much relish and delight to you know, engage in, those are the things that we meditate upon. Much of what your conversation is filled is what occupies your mind. It's what occupies your heart. Whether we know it consciously or whether we don't know it. Whether we do it consciously or subconsciously. Isaac Ambrose says here, quote, Others bend their thoughts only with the search of natural things, such as the motions of the heavens, the reason of ebbing and flowing of the seas, the kinds of plants or herbs that grow out of the earth and the creatures upon it with all their qualities and operations. Listen to this. But in the meanwhile, the God that made them, the vileness of their nature and the danger of their sin, the multitude of their imperfections, the Savior that bought them, the heaven that he bought them, that he bought for them, etc., are as unregarded as if they were not. And what this man is saying here is we spend time think, thinking upon physical matters 
but spiritual matters we do not he says there we spend time thinking of the motions of heaven the reasons why the seas are ebbing and flowing we spend time thinking about plants and hubs and the the you know the work that we have for example the jobs that we do the school that we have we spend time thinking about worldly things as it were secular things but in the meanwhile he says the god that created us very little time is spent thinking about him the vileness of our nature very little time is spent thinking about about these things the dangers of our sins the multitude of our imperfections very little time the savior that saved us that bought us very little time is spent if there is any time spent thinking about him the heaven that he bought for us very little time and then he says last at the end there that these things are unregarded as if they were not as if they were not there as if they were nothing they go unregarded the psalmist says in psalm 77 verse 12 i will ponder all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds you hear that language it says i will ponder on all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds this is how the christian should be you see when we tell you to meditate at the end of the sermon when we do not when we place our announcements before the sermon so that at the end of the sermon you meditate it's very deliberate that you may ponder upon the things that you hear when we meditate on such and the things of earth grow strangely dim the things of this world become strangely dim in the light of the glory and grace of god as what the hymn writer says turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace you see that looking full in the face of jesus is the meditating upon him the thinking up, up, upon him hmm? when you meditate like this the things of earth grow strangely dim so much so that it matters little of the prosperity we have or lack thereof it matters little what we have or do not have whether we are sick or healthy whether we are offended or not it matters little whether people like us or they don't like us the things of earth become of such little significance such little significance when we meditate upon spiritual matters and this is not to mean that we do not care about people is is not to mean that we don't care whether we are we are rich or poor it is not to mean that we, we we don't care whether we become sick or we are healthy but this is to acknowledge that there are higher things where Christ is and when we meditate upon them they influence how we live here on earth so what do we meditate upon we meditate upon spiritual matters spiritual matters
any comment or question before we consider the last thing there comment or question Okay, number three and lastly when do we meditate so you've asked where do we go for meditation you've seen that we go for meditation especially in solitary places in quiet places then we've asked what do we meditate upon and we've seen there that we meditate upon spiritual matters and then number three when do we meditate and all these questions are aimed at at showing the nature of meditation the time of meditation is relative when we ask when do we meditate we are we are asking a, a question of time what time is the best for meditation the response is the time of meditation is relative i cannot prescribe for you what time to meditate but I commend to you that you must have time for meditation. Let me, let me repeat that question, that, that, that comment. I cannot prescribe for you what time to meditate, but I commend to you that you must have time for meditation. You must have time for meditation. You cannot be so busy that you have no time to meditate. You have time to do the things that you love. Don't you? You do. It's just like the reading of the scriptures. You cannot lack time to read the word of God. Why? Because you have time to do the things that you love. Similarly, with meditation. You have time to do it if you love it. If you're convinced that it's the thing that is in the scriptures... It's a thing that the people of God do. It's a thing that, that, that God commands. Then you have time for it. So while I can't prescribe for you when to meditate or, or whatever time to do it, I commend to you that you must have time for it. Others want to meditate like Isaac who goes to the field in the evening. Others want to meditate like our Lord who goes early in the morning or late in the evening and his disciples leave him others want to meditate like David day and night it's for you to it's for you to figure out a way to a way for meditation time for meditation it's for you to reorient or reorganize your priorities to know when to meditate the time to do it is left to your preference but this by no means grants that you can be careless about it you can be flimsy about the whole matter of meditation while while the bible doesn't quite say when exactly to do it it doesn't eventually mean that we become careless about it or we treat this matter with less importance. 
if I would recommend anything, I would recommend what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now consider with me, the blessed man is not to be found walking in the counsel of the wicked. And while it does not mean literal walking, really, literal walking might be applied there. Because people give each other counsel while they are walking. Not only while they are, while they are standing or sitting. Notice with me there that when you walk and when you get counsel, part of imbibing that counsel is meditating upon it. Notice with me that standing in the way of sinners is firmly establishing oneself in wicked ways. For one to walk in the council, they must meditate. For one to stand, to firmly establish themselves in the way of wickedness, they have to meditate. They have to ponder deeply about it. Then notice with me there that sitting in the seat of scoffers is the last blow where we become comfortable with wickedness. Now we are not only meditating upon it, we are even more living in it. You see, the aspect of walking in the counsel of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, and sitting in the seat of scoffers has meditation in it. Meditation plays a big part in taking the counsel of the wicked, in standing in the way of sinners, and in sitting in the seat of, of scoffers. There is a sense in which all that we do, or most of what we do, has been meditated upon. I'm hoping that for you to come here this morning, you meditated upon coming. You thought about it. You even prayed about it. For the work that you're going to do tomorrow, it will not just find you spontaneously. You will have thought about it. We plan ourselves. We ponder about things before we do them. This is what is being described here. The meditation upon evil things is forbidden. And the encouragement is given there that we delight in the law of God. We meditate upon, rather than meditating upon evil ways, rather than meditating upon the counsel of the wicked, the, the, the way of sinners, the seat of scoffers, we meditate upon the law of God. And I commend for you that you have to do it all the time, day and night, as long as the Lord enables you, you do it. You continue in it. That's what we have here. So, when do we meditate? Day and night. We meditate upon the law of the Lord day and night. Is there any comment or question? So next week, Lord willing, 
we will answer the question why is meditation important then we will continue from there on and for those who will be around we will eventually uh, eventually know how exactly to meditate let's let's pray our father we come to you this morning we thank you that you have given us every means of grace that we would need for our advance in the christian faith this morning we begin to consider the whole matter of christian meditation and um, we thank you that this is not a difficult matter it's not for spiritual giants of or super spiritual christians this is for the average christian it's for all of us it's what your word commands we pray lord that you may forgive us for the times when we have overlooked the matter of meditation and now that we are beginning this series that we have considered its definitions and that we see the nature of it is that we we get to our quiet place that we meditate upon spiritual matters and that we we do it at the best time that we can we pray lord that you may help us help us to begin to practice this if we have not been practicing it begin to very consciously and deliberately set aside time to meditate oh grant lord that by the end of this series we will be completely convinced of our christian duty of meditation may we indeed be the blessed man or like him who does not walk in the way of sinners sit in the seat of scoffers stand in the way of sinners who does not <clears throat> walk in the counsel of the wicked help us to be like the lord jesus christ for this is his character this is who he was when he was here on earth help us to be like him who meditated meditated upon your law delighting in it day and night O oh Lord our God how needy a people we are we are in need of your grace even for this practice of meditation we ask that you may help us in it for these things we pray in Jesus name amen <clears throat>